Hi, welcome to What is Wellness, where I speak to experts in many different areas of the wellness field, whether it's environmentalists, um, mental health professionals, doctors, naturopaths, nutritionists, um, and even individuals who just have had incredible, inspiring stories in the wellness space so that we can get a broad picture of what actually is wellness. We're super lucky today because we get to pick the brain of one of my all-time favorites, Christopher Gavigan who is a huge champion of human and environmental health. So obviously he and I have hit it off years ago with that mutual passion and interest. Christopher has taken it to insane lengths. Um, he was, when I met him, he was the CEO uh, and executive director of Healthy Child, Healthy World, which is when he also wrote the New York Times bestseller, Healthy Child, Healthy World. <laughs> He uh, was one of the co-founders of The Honest Company with Jessica Alba, and he now most recently has founded Prima. He also sits on the board of directors of Mount Sinai Hospital's Children's Environmental Health Center. So get ready because he is an incredible wealth of knowledge. I'm so excited to talk to you because I feel like you, you know, I've known you, we've known each other for such a long time. And, you know, I remember coming to you the first time, like basically cold calling you <laughs> and being like, hi, I'm really interested in human and environmental health. And you were amazing. You were literally the first person I ever spoke to. I'm not kidding. And you really were the one that kind of lit the fire for me and sort of instantaneously held me accountable for my passion. And that's something that you've done and illustrate through your career that I find so inspiring. And I want as many people as possible to hear your story and what you've done, because you're so interesting, like this evolution of, you know, having a passion for the environmental space and then uh, the unique kind of way that you've gotten there through Healthy Child, Healthy World, Honest Company, now Prima. And the common thread that I see is this focus on, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this focus on toxins and yep. how and why it's so important to address and eliminate them from our lives. And you've gone from doing that in a way that it's like, okay, we're talking about the very first exposure in our mom's bodies yeah. to adulthood and from environmental toxins to stress, which is just absolutely incredibly cool. And the breadth of that is tremendous. Just to hear from you, what, you know, if you can expand on kind of like defining toxins and why it's so critical in all of those stages of life to spare ourselves as much as possible. Well, first of all, I, I really appreciate the invitation and, and the time to connect and collide. And I so highly respect and admire and, and honor your journey. But um, I think what you have done so well over the course of your career is you, you are hyper-focused on the personalization and the intimate relationships that people have at, at their kitchen tables with how they feed themselves and nourish their bodies. And it, it, it takes, it takes the, the, the grassroots and in the weeds people, and it takes the, the visionaries. And then ultimately that all comes together. And um, I feel like I've done the variety over the course of my career but I always go back to the, the science and, I, and, and the, the art of communicating elegantly and simplistically and hopefully in a, a place where you make it accessible yet aspirational. Yeah. Because um, the, the human condition is, is programmed to be fear-based and distrusting. And 
you, we have to, um, with how we choose to connect and um, inspire people, you have to insert the, ele the element of credibility and trust into the conversation. Yeah. And to be consistent over time. And I think that that, that, that for me, that consistency has been having a point of view, going in a direction, and hopefully people will follow along. Um, but always with generosity and giving in mind. And, um, and I think that the, the exciting thing about the world of environmental health is it, it's not out there. It's not somewhere in nature or somewhere we have to go explore on the weekends. It's actually how our bodies elegantly and sometimes and oftentimes um, in fashions that are um, unpredictable and chaotic and unhealthy, how it collides in um, both positive and negative out outcomes with nature, our natural world, um, with the ecology of life, with, with what we put in on and around our body. And, um, and we can, we can choose and we can choose better and we can choose more healthy and more, um, uh, less, less toxic or less scary or questionable. Because what we do every single day is we outsource our trust to the world, but we outsource our trust to companies and people. Like there Absolutely. are brands that we are there are brands that we buy and brands like again, you're buying your mattress, you're buying your um what you're putting on your finishes on your countertops, you're you're buying your cleansers, you're buying your foods. And so you are saying to those people, Oh, you I trust you. Yeah. Or you've made a choice on behalf, on behalf of my health. And and oftentimes that trust is, um, again, you outsource it, but oftentimes it, it comes with a price. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so what, we, what I've done is I've, I've really focused on, let's understand the science and really be grounded in the best and, and most innovative and most, um, most capable around understanding the physiology of the human body and not leading with fear, but leading with empowerment. And, um, and, and that has brought me to a place of, Hey, I need to create a solution. And the honest company was a solution. Um, and I need also now I need to create a place where we're addressing these toxicants in our world and toxicants are again, what we eliminate, but also the, this pervasive and now physical and social toxicant, um, that is the most pervasive of our time, which is stress. Yep. And stress is a, a toxicant that we all deal with. And so I get really excited about um, finding the ways to, again, bring consumer solutions, but bring them on a journey of, of reimagined wellness, because we're all citizen doctors, right? Yep. <laughs> now, more than ever, we're now more than ever with increasing costs of of healthcare and this erosion of faith in the medical industrial complex that, Absolutely. you know, that's been especially now pre and post or in COVID and post COVID um, people are more proactive in preventative care and proactive choice and functional wellness and, and choosing therapeutic ingredients to help their bodies and choosing homeopathic methodologies and that better lifestyle to really recover and heal and optimize and just, again, live that better lifestyle. So it's exciting times and um, it takes conversations like these. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting because you brought up a bunch of things that have sparked some, you know, kind of like mental notes that I've heard people talk about. And 
it's interesting because you talk about, you know, that choices that we make, you know, and that, and a lot of times people say to me, oh, well, you know, what can I do as an individual? You know, I'm, I don't really have a lot of power. And I tell them all the time, and this is something I learned from you, like 12 years ago, your consumer choices are the most powerful thing that you have. And, and, you know, I had this conversation this morning, actually, with somebody, and I said, they were like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm curious about, how we change these big corporations and their policy. And I said, well, you know, there's some really smart people like my friend Christopher, but there's also education, right? And sharing with everybody that you know, the importance of the consumer demand and the power that's in that. And yeah. what's and one of the other things I found really interesting is like, you know, we talk about toxins and people, I think at this point, know that cleaning supplies and things like that are, you know, have toxins in them. But you were mentioning like your mattress that you sleep on and 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 the um the coating on the kitchen counter there's so many aspects of our lives where there are really severe toxins that we come in contact with every day and they impact our bodies in ways that we have absolutely no idea they're like these invisible particles that you know people don't necessarily have an a direct reaction to and one of the yeah. things i find fascinating when i talk to people about health like in, when it comes to food you know, you know, I mean, you know me, but I'm always saying, you know, it's so important to have a super clean diet. And you're like one of the most clean eaters that I've ever met. But a lot of people don't see that immediate reaction where it's like, oh, you know, they can, they can understand an allergic reaction, but they don't see the immediate effect. So, you know, coming from your perspective too, how do we help to continue this voice and continue educating people in that way to be like, no, it, there are short and long-term impacts of environmental and stress toxins on your body. Yes. It's, it's, it's a conversation that I think you need to, you get, need to get really bold with because you have, people need to understand that it, it, these toxicants and these um, chemicals of concern, they build up in our bodies over time. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's called the body burden. And so imagine that you had a, your, you know, this cup of vulnerability and everyone's cup is different. And, um, you know, mine might be a little bit bigger than yours or smaller than yours, but ultimately over time, the aggregate of, of vulnerability or these, these threats or, or poisons or toxicants in our body, that cup will get so full. it, It, it spills over and spilling over is disease and illness. Like we're, we're, we're dur- durable, but we are ultimately not durable enough to withstand these onslaughts of, 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 of concerns. And so the most vulnerable populations, pregnant moms and babies under age five, they have a outsourced um, uh, burden on their bodies. And that burden is, you know, is very, very indicative today. If you just look at the epidemics of our, of our time, learning delays, behavioral disorders, childhood cancers, asthma, eczema, psoriasis, all these things that are demonstrations of our, our bodies being our, the cup of vulnerabilities too full. And I mean, just look at the study that EWG did back in 2009, again, over a decade ago, and they looked at the cord blood of bodies and babies during in utero. And then they looked at them right after birth and they did an assessment of over 350 certain industrialized chemicals in, um, in their veins. 
And these are man-made, not natural synthetics, oh. as well as heavy metals and contaminants. And of the 350, they found 287 on average coursing through the veins of the, of the baby at birth. Right. So these there's they're in mom, you know, mom's not protective and, and now baby's not protected. So these these are in us now. So how do we purify and how do we maintain our bodies? Luckily, have physiological systems and, and organs and, and systems that help manage that. Right. But oftentimes it builds up in fat tissue. Um, and that's why we're seeing a, astonishing rates of breast cancers because it builds up in our bodies. So we right. can there there is a now there's. A, a moral, a moral imperative, a physical imperative. Like we know the data is there. So what, what's the what's the accountability that we're holding ourselves to and these these brands to? And the things that you can control are, are your you know your point of view and your in your pocketbook. And your point of view is like what am I choosing every single day? Like what's the long term? What's my life going to be like? Look at your day. Like your daily habits determine your your long term health um, uh, impacts and, and overall um, success. So. I, 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 there is a systematically we can be, it could feel overwhelming, but we can make, uh, there are smaller choices that if we look at some of the top five and, and prioritize those top five, and certainly food is the, probably your number one. Um, but how we manage stress is, is, is equal part, you know, 90% of all disease and illness is stress related. Right. 90%. So the body is, if these systems, are helping maintain health and wellness, but if the body's under extreme states of stress, your or, or your hormone function gets shut down, immune function gets shut down, digestion gets shut down, the um, our ability to manage our our sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system shuts down. So we have to manage the the seen and unseen. Um, these toxicants and epidemics, but it's, again, uh, I, it's not that hard if you know how to prioritize and choose just uh, a, a more um, balanced, healthy approach. Yeah. I love that. And I, and I like, I like how, I mean, I just feel like you're so positive with everything, you know, you are of all people have so much knowledge in this area and it can be very, you're right. It can be very overwhelming. Yeah. Just the idea that, you know, babies in utero can be exposed to all these toxins. You know, you think about that and how it almost becomes generational in a way, like it our is. bodies yeah. are holding as females, our bodies are holding these toxins. And then before our babies are even born, they're exposed to them. So they already have a load that they have to carry. Like you're that I loved that demonstration with the cup because it makes it so clear. Mm. And it's really interesting to then transition that into the stress impact. And I think about myself and I'm going to share, you know, something personal here, which, you know, but I've gone through 17 knee surgeries and I have like every normal person have emotional stress and all that, you know, work stress and stuff like that. But I think that stress to my physical body has been such a taxing thing that I know has had a ripple effect. And yeah. I have had studies done on like my cell health and things like that. And doctors and naturopaths have been shocked at how actually well my cells have survived all of that trauma. But again, that's because I do the things that I've learned from you and from other people in my life, which are, you know, to try to have an environment that I can control that's less toxic um, in terms of chemicals, but also to eat really well and do any stress reduction. But the stress reduction is very, very, very difficult to do independently. Like 
not everybody has the time or the know-how to do meditation every day. You know, it's not something inherent. So when you were building Prima, you know, this company is really addressing that type of toxin, the internal and the, the toxins that we build in our own bodies. So we have the influence coming from outside. And then we also have what we're building inside based on our lives, you know? Yeah. Um, so t- can you just share more about how, how Prima does address that and, you know, where that all started? Yeah. I, you know me, I, I, I am a, a control enthusiast that is hyper impatient and stubborn. And so, and so I, 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 I once I know something, I have to move again towards a, a, a positive solution and being proactive in it. And, um, I, you know, action is that the anecdote of despair. And so I've, so I wanted to create, so once I heard about cannabinoid sciences and these functional plant actives and th- therapeutics, I got really excited because if clean is becoming, and thankfully with, you know, work I've, I've done and many, many pioneers have done and, um, and wellness warriors have done in the space that clean is starting to become a mandate within the personal care set, but also in the, in the consumable set on, on cleaning, um, and, and, and food that uh, you're, you're seeing that happen more. I still think um, a lot more needs to be done, but it's becoming more and more of a mandate than I was, I was excited and activated to really address that stress toxicant that we've, as you said, are, um, so well, it's around us and how do we look at it? And, and cannabinoid sciences, it was first being um, studied in the late nineties and early two thousands. The United States government has a patent on cannabinoids. The U S doesn't what? take patents on anything. Yes. Uh, as neuroprotectants and antioxidants in 2003, which is shocking and, um, and very and, uh, intriguing, I should say. Mm-hmm. And then in, in 2009, I sit on the board of Mount Sinai with Phil Landrigan and, and, and who's the godfather of environmental health and just a, a astounding leader and thought, um, and provoking human. And they, they were studying cannabinoid sciences and uh, cannabinoids and opioids in the body. There's two ways, ways to manage pain inside the body, cannabinoids and opioids. That's it. And so um, they they were looking at it to really understand how um, the opioid epidemic, which someone's dying every 11, 11 minutes here in the United States from that, how to take that or remove that out of the uh, system of consideration. But they were understanding that, like again, anything is pseudoscience until you have the reproducible data, right? And reproducible data, it, it describes these mechanisms in the body. And what we understand is that now we know that we have this system called the endocannabinoid system inside of our body. It's the largest cellular receptor network, larger than the central nervous system inside the entire body. It's in glands, connective tissue, musculature, on the dermis and skin, in the brain. It's a this network of stress management. And so again, when the body's alerted and alarmed, it's it's the most primal system because if the body's under under a threat, it needs to fight or flight, right? It's right. the most it's the most primal system. And if you're in fight or flight, which are the, uh, the these response systems, the body has to shut down everything else to focus on the stress but stress is the is pervasive it's everywhere like it's doom scrolling it's the cult of busy it's it's i've got access to all the information and and it's choice and optionality in our lives it's just out there right you walk down a, 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 an aisle at 
you know, Erwan, which I was just there this morning, the amount of choice that's in front of me is, <laughs> I, I don't know what to choose. <laughs> no, you don't. You really hard, don't. And that is a stress burden on the body. So this system, which is fascinating, um, it, it, you can, you can manage it with these functional therapeutics and these botanicals. I mean, and cannabinoids exist in turmeric and ashwagandha and, and, all, and, and the, all across the plant and black pepper, uh, black clove, it, it, it exists. These molecules exist in, um, many, many, um, plant actives. We've natively, we've, we've natively, natively make them. My mom natively makes them and passes them through her breast milk through, um, to her babies, but we also can supplement them because when we supplement them and bring them in a more higher concentration to our bodies, our body's able to mitigate and manage stress more than ever. And, and they, so they have many, many functional, um, impacts on the body. And, and, and it's interesting because many people look at, they call it CBD as a catch-all, but that's only one of the cannabinoids. There are 120 plus that we know of right now. I had no idea. Yeah, there are 120 cannabinoids. One is THC, that's psychoactive, that's more of the get high. Right. Uh, but that's the only one that is psychoactive and um, uh, has that um, impact of, of um, getting the body in a more uh, hyperattentive state. And then everything is on the wellness side. Everything, All the other ones are on the wellness side. So it's re they're really interesting on how they modulate the brain and central nervous system immune function when they, when you bring them in a, a higher concentration and dose. So, um, and again, a lot of this is it's hard to understand. And I am as a, as a teacher and an educator and as a, as a friend and a partner and a peace of mind provider, it's, I, there's so many different ways into the conversation, but just know these are molecules that help you manage stress and they bring okay. you stress relief. Well, that's what I was going to ask. So, it, so if this is a system that exists in our body, when it's left to its own devices, what does that system do exactly? So, it's, so, so it's doing a few things. It's helping manage um, the stress stress response in the body. Okay. It's helping us sleep, and it's helping us manage pain. So, okay. again, it modulates um, immune immune system, nervous system, and hormone balance. And so, it's 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 the master regulatory system. It's there to bring everything in concert and into a, they call it homeostasis, but a more balanced state of, of harmony. It's like, again, if, if everything's, it's, it's, if everything's operating independently, all these major body systems are ap operating, operating independently. It is the master regulatory system, which is fascinating that we first, I mean, we just. How I mean, did we just of, learn about this? <laughs> And, the, and, and how do 95% of all doctors don't know about it? That's insane. So research in medicine is always at practicing uh, functional uh, practitioners are always 10 to 15 years behind research and academic uh, academics. So they're talking about it, but practicing clinicians and physicians don't talk about it because they don't know. That is so, absolutely mind blowing. It's in my book. So then when you, I, I'm just, I'm just so excited by this. I can't even, but so then when you take these ingredients that you're talking about, turmeric, CBD, ashwagandha, all yeah. of these different black pepper, when you take them and start introducing them into a bo your body and then the way that you're doing it yeah, through Prima in very strategic ways. Yes. Yeah. What is, what is the influence and impact 
So, so if you're bringing, if you're bringing up this broad spectrum, cause we take the THC out, right? If that's the one molecule that um, is psychoactive in nature, we take that out and then all the other ones are there as a functional um, relief package, if you will, um, for stress. It's bringing that body's anti-inflammatory response down. So it calms the body system. And then what we're doing with these other functional botanicals, like so if you look at uh, just our skincare line or, or, or um, body care line, we're really being thoughtful and choiceful on bringing clinical active, clinically validated actives in the place. So we're all, it's all vegan and plant um, uh, powered, but if we're bringing these other functional botanicals in, they're actually be able to do the work. So let's just take one of our, our, our um, products, you know, let's think of night magic. Night magic is a, is a facial oil. So prickly pear at 2% is known as nature of hyaluronic acid. So it, mm -hmm. it drives moisture into the cellular membranes and really helps that skin integrity and, and skin elasticity. So what we've done is we, if you're bringing cannabinoids in at a very broad spectrum at a high dose, it's calming the body's like tone, texture. It's like bringing the body's inflammatory response down on the skin. And then these other botanical actives like marula and prickly pear and neem and all these other actives are able to really do the work because a lot of people, again, if you're in a state of high stress response, nothing is going to heal. Nothing's no. going to respond no. um, to a, a positive, these other positive um, botanicals. And so that's why I think, you know, what we look at is cannabinoids are your center tent pole, but it, they're not, it's not going to do everything. It's not snake oil or, or this um, placebo. It's, it's going to do do its functional relief to the body. And then these other plant actives are really being um, more uh, strategic in their relief and recovery. That is so incredibly it's cool. Really I was, I was so literally about to say like, I, I want to, <laughs> this is, this is actually my genuine reaction. I'm looking, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, I just want to drink this all day and bathe <laughs> in it. And I was like, wait a minute, I can, <laughs> like, I actually can. Yeah. So look, the, the, the space has gotten, let's just, just talk about the market for a second. CBD has, has gotten, um, you know, seen as a trendy ingredient, right? Many like the first stage of hooligans and outlaws and, and charlatans and like, just uh, like very like novice, unsophisticated entrepreneurs running into the space, right? They don't understand the science. Right. They don't really know how to build, um, uh, high quality consumer ready bioavailable products to market. It takes a lot of time. Like, look, I've, I, 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 I've developed over 300 products over the course of my career and I've learned and every day I learn, and it is a fascinating world to really thinking, to think about how is the body best going to be relieved with these actives. And, and there is, from ideation to commercialization, it's, it's really hard and it's just not kitchen chemistry and just sprinkling things in and like crossing your fingers. You, it, there's a lot of uh, sophistication and precision. That being said is that that's what you've seen this big flux of CBD in the market, like sprinkle into mattresses and macaroons and mustards. And like, I'm like, oh, stop. <laughs> You're not like, these are healthcare molecules. Yeah. That matter to humanity. Like, please don't do it in haphazardly. And if, yeah, if you don't know what you're doing. So 
you're luckily COVID and just time has it, it's you're starting to see a cleansing and a pruning of the market. Yeah. And retailers are regulators right now. And so Prima, well, I, well, one of my main things was I'm going to build the best in class, cleanest, most functionally bioavailable products available. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bring them online to Prima.co, but then I'm also going to work to teach regulators who are the retailers that are regulators. I'll, I'll talk about regulators in DC and state capitals in a second, but I'm going to teach them. So what we did, one of the first ones we worked with Sephora to co-develop a standard around accountability and sourcing and clean and transparency and testing and validation and compliance, like all the things you need to do. So we worked with them and they like essentially prune the shelf, Prima is the keystone anchor, and we have there are two other folks surrounding us, but we worked with a global retailer LVMH that says, okay, we're, we're, we believe in this ingredient. And now we're doing that selectively in certain categories. We're working with Whole Foods right now. Uh, we, we have launch plans for the later this year. I don't want to release too much. We're working with Vitamin Chop. We're working with Nordstrom. We're working with Thrive Market. We're working with like great online and, and real physical um, uh, four-walled environment retailers, because that is what's going to take. And you're seeing a, a like a extinction event on the brand side, like just people f- leaving the space. Yeah. And, and now it's gonna t- and it takes a ton of education and conversation. But now you're gonna see some of the a few only a few of us are gonna survive. Um, and um, and I think that that is a really good thing for consumer health. Um, and I think it's exciting because it's it's really validating and verifying that yes, the the category is here to stay. Um, but broadly, the stress relief and functional therapeutics, CBD is just one of the ingredients, but that, that's that's the category we need to be talking about. That's I think that's the most interesting part of yeah. what you're saying, though, that that I think is it. And even I, I mean, and I'm passionate about this space, but I've missed that, too, because, you know, I've tried because of my chronic pain, I've tried so many different CBD products mm-hmm. and, you know, just been disappointed and disappointed because- yeah. I had tremendous pain and I'm given opioids by doctors all the time. time. And, you know, just to, just to hear you talk, I I think one of the most critical things is you're sitting here saying like, look, it's not just about the CBD, but there, but there's this entire system in place. And there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of ingredients that can really work together to create something that's genuinely and truly beneficial. Yes. And, 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 and that's the thing that, and look, we all brands are over their skis on claims and saying it's going to do one consumer benefit or the other. But we have to understand too, and I embrace this, and this is why we were really interesting on how our methodology for ingredient selection and, and batching is there's a ton of mystery and magic still. And and we all think like, oh my God, we're so innovative and no. Like the fact that we just found a lymphatic drainage system in the brain two years ago is astounding. Like the amount of uh, positive understandings and discovery and physiology and the human physiology and sciences that have happened in the medical community in the last five years, 10 years is astounding. Outrageous. It's outrageous. So what we are, what we do is we say, okay, great. We know that these are, we're going to choose best in class ingredients and, and plants the plant can be, I mean, just looking at what's happened in the world of mushrooms alone is just so dynamic oh. adaptogens and like Incredible. that. 
It's incredible. Yeah, you're so, right. That, that's that's a huge, that's been a huge explosion lately. Huge explosion. So what yeah. we do, we, we are really gentle with our, our not to overheat and not to overpressurize these molecules to really embrace that fullest spectrum of cannabinoids, which are 120. And then the, the terpenes, which are the smelling molecules that people are, are more excited about terpene science than ever, the, the polyphenols, the flavonoids, the alkaloids, the ketones, the antioxidants, all these other things that are in there that these are the active ingredients that, that people just don't typically think about or know about. And so that's why I also get excited and equal parts like buyer beware, the world of even clean beauty is like, you you got a lot of, it's easy to create a brand right now. You like you put a, a sans serif photo and a c- nice colorway and slap a, and on a pretty package and call it a brand. Um, <laughs> and it's like it's frustrating for me. Um, but the, you, there's a ton of work that needs to be done on just the quality batching principles and protocols to really be careful with the ingredients, right? Yeah. You're, you have to be a caretaker and a steward and a guardian of the quality of the ingredients. And if you overheat it, you're scorching it and you're killing it. Yeah. Right. Well, so, that's true in your own kitchen. You know, it's these fundamentals it's that we know. Yeah. You overcook a vegetable, you, 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 you cook broccoli too long and all of those amazing nutrients are just completely gone. Done. Right. Yeah. So you have to be very careful. So all that being said is I appreciate you saying like, Hey, I, I tried it and it, I, I didn't really feel something you should, if, if you go and find, and I, I think, you know, uh, what we do is, this, is really sophisticated and special, but if you, if you are, are, are again, a steward of the ingredient and you know what you're doing, you should feel something in this, in this space, right? Yeah. You should have, Oh my God. Like, oh my God, I put that on and I don't have that thing anymore. Or our daily, for instance, which is, I think is a, an essential nu- daily nutrient. And it's, it's, we, it's a stress supplement. Um, and I, I take two or three a day. And again, I, I, I find that I'm more grounded, I'm more scented, I'm more clear. I mean, that's what we're optimizing for, right? I have better energy. I've got, I, I feel like my best self and it takes my edges off like because again i run like super hard and fast and i've got edges too and i find that i'm a more consistent centered self and um and yeah and i and i feel my i mean i feel better than ever and i'm i mean you know oh i'm I'm in my late yeah no yeah and you i mean your and your skin is like ridiculous i'm sitting here looking at you thinking like just like trying to press mine back and i'm like oh my gosh i have to go use night magic like asap um but you know i i think it's really amazing how much you know about the science behind all of this and you know you you're not just you know passionate but you have this like incredible (laughs) knowledge base that's just it just blows me away every time we talk. It's so cool. I'm listening to you and, and hearing all of this and thinking what, what else can we do in our own every single day lives to help reduce stress? Because I, again, like when I work with people, whether it's coaching or private chefing, a lot of times it's still the same reaction of, you know, why, you know, why should I like, how does it impact me? How do I see it on my body every day? And stress is 
you know, causes more wrinkles. It causes more um, illness. It also causes weight gain. You know, one of the biggest things that we know is when we have stressors in our body, that cortisol goes up and we can't hold, you know, our bodies, the way that I picture it mentally is, is, is it becomes this constriction, right? And, you know, we're, we're getting tighter and tighter and tighter and bound together from this stress. And unless we really actively find something that helps to release that and that we acknowledge it every day, it's just, it's just going to keep getting worse. And some people can go five years without noticing it. And some people can't go six months without, without noticing it and the impacts that it has have on your body. So I think it's, there's an interesting marriage here when you think about stress and toxins in terms of people's illness and also how you think about your own physicality. Like, you know, we're, we're all at the end of the day, like we want to look good, (laughs) you know, I mean, fundamentally you and I care so much about the environment and we care about our internal health tremendously, but there's a lot of us that's a lot of people say to me, like, you know, I do care, but I also really, it's important to me that I look good. And, you know, that may sound strange, but that's a big impact too. Yeah. I I think people look, people care more about their environment than the environment. That is true. Yeah. And their environment is, 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 is a outbirth of, of, of the, the, it's the heart, like what's, what's well-being? it's, it's the physical, it's the social, it's the mental, right? Like yep. the social, the social relationship, the physical is how my body is feeling. Um, and then the, the, the mental, um, internalized mindset and balance of, of your internal world. And I, I think you're right. It, it is, a, it is a, it's a challenge to focus on what you can control, but, um, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a believer of, of, of staying very simple. And um, I'm thinking about some of the core fundamentals in our life. And we know, and, and this, talking about some of the innovations in the world of discovery and, and uh, awareness is this idea that sleep is the pillar. It's, I mean, excuse me, it's the bedrock. It's the foundation with, with which exercise and nutrition sits on. Yeah. That if, you, if you don't have a good quality baseline sleep hygiene program, then you, I don't care how well you eat and I don't care what you do on your exercise routine, you're going to be in a, a bad state. And yeah, the, and, and sleep is, is, is part and parcel managed by hormonal response. And then the environment, the, this ECF, this endocannabinoid system. And so how you modulate those systems is, is really important. And that's one, one of the reasons why, um, cannabinoid science is so interesting is because if we don't have a good quality sleep, we don't have good quality health. Right. Um, and I, I, for me, I, I look at sleep as, you know, it, it's, it just, if we, if we've evolved over the last 3 million years, it's not, I, I think that we believe like wake is the steady state. I think sleep is the most, it's the restorative pillar of health. And so I, I get excited to like talk people, about their sleep hygiene and what they can do to have better sleep. Um, one of the things that I was recently excited about was this idea of our bodies on these circadian rhythms. And so getting outdoors in the morning and at night to get that early morning and dusk and dawn light onto the body and into the brain oh, by, wow. by triggering uh, hormonal responses specifically to a melatonin uh, release 
and what that and or a delay in the melatonin over time. So if you get outdoors between the uh, an hour to two hours in the morning and at night during dusk and dawn, how that really impacts the quality of sleep over time. That's one simple, easy, non, like I don't have to buy anything step. Yep. Um, and then the other one is, is for, for me is, is really understanding how people are managing the um, uh, specifically for sleep. Like how, how are you managing your food intake? Like, do you talk to people about that window of appropriate food um, or, or, or when you should eat and when you shouldn't eat the timing Absolutely. Of food? Yeah. I mean, I think that's so critical and, and people who are nighttime eaters or get up in the middle yeah. of the night and eat, I mean, there's so much disruption. And when you even think about it from a very simple standpoint of, you know, just being vertical, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. our, our digestive system is going downwards. Yes. So when you think about what happens at night, we start to slow down. We're probably sitting on the couch more often. And so our bodies are naturally slowing down and they want to and need to. So when you're stimulating them with food really close to bed, you're triggering something that's like unnatural in your body, which ultimately causes stress, right? Yeah. And yeah. you're having a slower um, digestion, which leads to weight gain, all the things that people don't want, right? And acid reflux, so many, you know, negative implications. Um, I mean, I love, I, this is like, sounds so, you know, old of me, but I love eating really, really early. I eat, I will eat dinner at five o'clock, five 30 sometimes, yep. maybe have some berries after that, but that's it. Yep. And I feel so good. I don't wake up starving, nothing. Like it's just feels so good. I, I think it's, I think I would encourage people to try not eating three hours before bedtime and, and try to do it for anywhere between 10 to 14 days. I mean, that's usually, I mean, they, everyone says 21 days, but I think 10 to 14 days is a, is a, a, a nice window of, of e like it seems easier, mm -hmm. but it will, as you said, it, it's easy. And once you get on it to eat late at night, you're like, Oh my God, it's terribly because your body is working. You're it's yep. digesting. It's in process of working as opposed to doing these restorative pair uh, reparative functions that it needs to do when it's sleeping. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that, that is internalized stress and, and sleep, that is a, a huge one. And I think water intake, I, we are chronically as a culture and as a, a, a planet chronically dehydrated chronically. Yeah. And, um, I, I have found, and I've really put a lot more attention to it in the last three years, but I have found that the quality of everything, yes, purity of water is critical. So make sure like that's a whole, whole another conversation, but <laughs> the volume, the volume of water at, with, at, you need more than you think you need. Um, and yes, there's com conversations in the world of like, over drenching yourself and having too much water. But, um, you know, personally, I think the average male, I'll, I'll just speak for the average male, the average male needs at least a gallon of water a day. That's 128 ounces. Um, and that's what I try to drink anywhere between 120 to 140. And everything just works better. Yes, I, that's I, a goal of mine, for sure. I, I definitely I drink a lot of tea but I'm definitely not good at hydrating as much. And I love this because, you know, I think people sometimes, you know, there, there are a lot of people that have tremendous barriers to, 
to achieving wellness, you know, yeah. whether it's time, finances, you yes. know, there, there are real, real barriers to wellness. And the three things that you just listed, which is sleep, um, you know, having that space and time for your body before bed and drinking water. Those are three free things that anybody can do. And it's all a matter of knowledge, right? And this is what you do so well that I like so highly respect is the education tool, just using a voice and putting it out there and letting people know, okay, you know what? We maybe can't all afford X, Y, and Z things or products, but you can do that. And yeah. And you can some people can't have access or don't have access to a great yoga class or a meditation teacher or all these things that like you think of the wellness community is, is it feels elusive and, and, and hard, but those are add-ons later as you get more excited and get more into it. Again, you don't have to do much, right? Like manage your stress, sleep better, drink more water, like period the end. And you're good. We're good. We're good. Seriously. We're good. Yeah. Great place. Yeah. Um, uh, Certainly there's a ton of work around what you're putting in your body and you're going to be masterful at at teaching and educating people there. Um, As you know, I've been plant-based for 28 years or 27 years. So that is something that I feel really strongly about, but I I think that that, again, it's all, it takes time and it takes consideration and, and it takes, prioritization like what what gets you excited and what can you do and it's easier than you think it's not the hurdle and barrier is not as high as you think yeah i love that and i love that you can you know just like anything you can start out really simple and work your way up as as you as your body and your mind and you know you start to see the results and feel those results you are going to start to be more inspired and more and prioritize those exact things more What's the, what's the one thing that you're doing that, that you've shifted in the last one to two years? You're like, God, that, thank God I made that change. Is anything that comes to mind for you? Um, You know, it's funny for me, it's uh, it's around exercise because I have so much fear with exercise with my knee. And I, in the past year, really just started a routine for myself where every single day, I do 30 minutes of an exercise. And this is a, this is, you know, for me, I it's, there's financial barriers and there's, you know, location because I travel so much for work. Like in this past year, even during COVID, I was in Toronto, LA, New York, you know, all over the place. So I use online exercise that like is super inexpensive, really like $8 a month. Exactly. Super inexpensive now. Yeah. Obviously this podcast is called what is wellness. So my, my last kind of question to you before we wrap up, cause I know I've taken so much of your time already, but how do you define it in your mind? If you could define what is wellness from Christopher Gavigan and all of your knowledge, what would you, what would you say? I would say it is the, the harmony and the balance and the, the striving to achieve physical, social, and emotional or, or mental harmony. I think it's a, it, it is, it is not one thing. It's not only physical and it's not. And I think the one that gets the hardest one to um, manage or, and, or think about in the world of wellness or well being is social. We are, we are wired for human connection. We're wired for relationship. Um, the world of isolation and loneliness and depression is a is a a, a disease of loneliness. So 
we so understanding that that is is just as important as the work that you're doing on the physical and your physiology um, as as your your mindset work and what's inspiring you and your gratitude um, and 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 mental approaches um, and meditation approaches that that social piece is important. So finding your community, finding your network, finding the people you respect and love and admire um, is is critical. But I think it's that beautiful and elusive, but also exciting um, collision of physical, mental, and social relationships. I love that. And I think that does bring us back to, you know, how it's all actually attainable for all of us. And, you know, there's obviously different levels of entry where we come at it from the very beginning, but, you know, you can take, you can find some, everyone can find a path within that and kind of like start their own arc to, to wellness. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think what you're doing such a good job at, um, which I know you've always been is, is being empathetic with yourself and being, give yourself a break right? You, you're, you're trying your best. And um, it, again, these are, these are incremental changes, but small achievable changes. If you, if you think about them in that fashion, um, but be so, be soft and, and have some acceptance and um, within your own, cause we're hard on ourselves. Oh yeah. Right. And I think that that radical acceptance of things you can control and can't control um, is, is really important. I agree. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Christopher. This is amazing. I love to, I feel like I could talk to you for the next three hours, but <laughs> it may, well, it, as you are starting your journey in the world of podcasts, I want to be like your, your, your top guest. So I want to come back. I, I, I want you to come back. I mean, this was such an amazing conversation. What I learned about the body that I had no idea about is so exciting to me. And I, I really like, I have a thousand more questions, so I can't wait to talk again. We'll follow up soon. Definitely. Thanks. Thank so much. You, Kristen.